Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching, if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. Okay, welcome back. In the last episode, we talked about the foundations of entrepreneurship. I defined it for you. And I talked about what you have to be willing to do if you're going to take it on. But today I want to talk about becoming a successful Christian entrepreneur and business owner. And I'm going to share these five things that I think it requires your attention and commitment to, to be a successful Christian entrepreneur. Number one is seeking the kingdom first. The kingdom pursuit has to be at the front of your mind. And when you, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, um, seek the kingdom above all else, the kingdom of God above all else, above everything else (laughs) and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. It says in some translations, it's all of the things will be added to you. And I don't consider this to just be about money. It's about everything all the resources you need, all the tech help, support platforms, all of the software. It's the clients and the team members and the support. It's the revelation and inspiration and the ideas. It's your creativity and ability and skill. It's everything. All those things will be added to you. He will give you everything you need in every area. If you seek the kingdom of God, above all else, which means first. Kingdom pursuit first. What is the call on your life that lines up with the will of God, where you do what you're made to do, and it serves the world the way he calls you to serve them, and in his proper timing. So these are not things, you're not just born with all of that. You you live your life as a believer, doing what you can to seek the kingdom of God first. It does not mean that all of the stars align and all of the things just flow together and they're all perfectly lined up and you do everything perfect from the beginning because you seek the kingdom of God. No, it's a process. So put all the crazy thought, crazy talk back, you know, back in the closet, back in a box somewhere deep, 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 far away, or just take it to goodwill or throw in the trash. It is not going to be perfect when you start out. So if that is holding you back, if you think that you have to seek the kingdom of God in some measure of a form of perfection, then yeah, just rebuke the devil. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. So resist him, resist your self-talk because all it is is self-sabotage. If you think that you have to seek the kingdom of God all out, above all else in a way that makes you perfect before you're ever in process, it's a lie. So 
You can stop believing that right now. You don't have to keep believing it for one second longer in your life just because you believed it before. I'm telling you the truth, and the Bible says it. It'll back me up. Jesus was your perfecter. He is the perfection, and the perfection of heaven is not your responsibility. So do what you can while you're in process with your spirit leading you to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. That is a pursuit and a journey and a process. And it's the reason we need grace is because we aren't perfect. So we need God's grace and mercy. And when it comes to running your own business and being an entrepreneur, you're going to want that grace and you're going to want to give it. You're going to need mercy. You're going to need him to save you. And you know what? You want to find yourself in a situation where you need saving. It is a beautiful place because that's where miracles happen. And that's how you build that testimony of what God has done. And that's how he builds his, build your faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let yourself be in process. Yet have your eyes set on the things above as you seek the kingdom of God in your business and in your entrepreneurship journey. Let the kingdom be what you pursue before you pursue money, clients, wisdom of like the world, the, um, the success, the fame, the website. Before you, before you pursue the website, before you pursue your core message, before you pursue your offer, go seek out the kingdom of God first. Okay, that was a long number one. Number two, serve God as your boss, instead of yourself as your boss or others as your boss. Colossians 3, 23, 24 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, that includes you, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. I don't know what just happened to my voice. Let's try that again. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Come on. Like, yes, I want a boss. I'm going to tell you for 20 years, I haven't worked for anybody. I have run my household, raised my kids, been the homeschooler and the one who does all the paperwork to buy the house and co-founded and built as an as entrepreneurs a nonprofit alongside my husband. I don't tell him to do what to do. He doesn't tell me what to do. We we run, have run alongside one another. And then I started a for-profit business. So you can be an entrepreneur and start a business or a ministry um, or a nonprofit. An entrepreneur is not just somebody who creates and develops and organizes and manages something that's for-profit. You can be an entrepreneur like my husband and I are and create and develop and organize and manage something that is a nonprofit focused entity. Okay. But I haven't had any bosses that have told me what time to be somewhere, where to be, what to do, how to do it, what the expectations were in more than 20 years. And sometimes I wish I had somebody like that. It's like even having a parent give guidance the fatigue as an adult that we experience today about like, I just don't know what to do. And I wish somebody would tell me what to do. (laughs) 
that would be so beautiful if I just didn't have to think about what to do, but instead I could just go do it. Well, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you kind of set yourself up to be the be the top and the head that has to decide all of the things that have to be done until you have a team where you can delegate those things. But even then, you're the one deciding what needs to be done and how so that you can tell them because they work for you because they want you to give them the expectations of what it takes to run your business. Oh, so when you step back and spend time really considering how God is your leader, he's your boss, he's your manager, your CEO, CFO, COO, CIO, CAO, all the things, right? He is sitting on the throne. That is the ultimate C-suite job, okay? The ultimate C-suite gig is Jesus and where he's sitting. <laughs> so you can take me to the top, the penthouse, the, the top floor of the skyscraper, and your C-suite has nothing on my boss's C-suite. So I would like to go sit in the strategy room with that guy, right? The guy who has the ultimate C-suite gig, he's the one that has all of the power and resources and authority and strategy that I want to tap into. So that's why it's important to do everything that you're doing as if you're doing it for your boss. You're using his resources that he favors you to access with. And he he is the one who has all of the wisdom you need. He is the one with all of the clarity, all the strategy. He's the one that can teach you how to be a communicator. Just ask Moses. He's the one that can give you the direction that you need to become a really amazing marketer and learner and builder and coach. He is the one. He's your boss. He has everything. You just need to intentionally seek it out and and set up meetings. I have morning meetings. I have afternoon meetings with my boss. <laughs> like I'm my boss actually goes with me to every room I go to and I'm constantly having a conversation with him. Yesterday, side note, I was sitting on the um in a chair in my living room where I often work from as I'm creating content and just doing computer work. And I'm sitting there and I I heard him. I was like, "Oh, Jesus wants to talk." And so I see him like over in the chair across from me and I just stare at the chair like I'm actually in a meeting. Yes, I'm giving you insight to a little bit of something that might be loopy to some of you, but it really works out for me. <laughs> so I've always just like in my mind's eye, in my imagination, God has always appeared. There's like Jesus with me, being in my life, doing things that I do, running with me and sitting in the car with me and going places with me. And so I'm constantly in conversation with him. I wouldn't say I live a life of like on my knees type of prayer praying. Um, I'm more like we're in a constant relationship and constant conversation. And he's just always there. And we're always talking about all the things that are right in front of us, in front of me. And so my, my husband and my kids know this. And so sometimes I think they just see me and maybe a funny look in my face, <laughs> like I'm in conversation with my imaginary friends. 
And you know what? He is more real than any body we can physically see, right? So he is not imaginary. And if this works for you, I, I'll tell you, try it out. But he was sitting in the chair across from me. I see, I'm like, I'm imagining in my mind. I don't physically see him. And I'm just like, okay, the presence of God is with me. Jesus is always with me. He's never left. So I'm like, I have this unction, like he wants to tell me something. And I hear in my, in my mind, like what, the way I hear from the Lord, are you ready? And I knew it was like, are you ready to take notes? Like, I'm going to tell you some things, right? <laughs> and it became, it was kind of like the boss walking in the room and saying, hey, I need you to set everything else aside right now. We need to have a meeting. I've got some things, some direction to give you. And it is so imperative that when you experience something like that, that you stop what you're doing and take notes on everything your boss says, because it is the wisdom that you need to build the foundation and every upper floor of your business. You need those meetings. Okay, number three, be watchful over your soul around the issue of success and wealth, your financial gain in any way. It, fame and money will break you down if you let them. Because if you love fame and you love money, then what's the Bible say? The root of all evil is the love of money. It's not the money. It's your love. You're making the money an idol. It's the root of evil. And it's, the, it's not just money the way you and I think of it if we are in the Western world and we see U.S. dollars or you have euros or whatever it is. It's not just that kind of money. It is all of the things that our soulish selves want to have. It's material and it's, it, it leads to greed and it leads to envy and harm to others and ourselves. And the root of that evil is our desire to have, make an idol out of something and replace God. And who do you know who's like that? Who do you know who wanted to be like God <laughs> and happens to be the father of lies? So we don't want to go that direction, right? You have to actually be watchful over your soul because your soul, your flesh wants those things and you have to mitigate it. You have to consistently draw your spirit up to lead your soul and your spirit. The spirit of God within you and your spirit in alignment with God can lead your soul, your, you know, your, your paradigm, your beliefs and thoughts, your emotions, your imaginations, your will, and your body. And let your spirit realign you consistently to make sure that if you've gotten off the path of seeking the kingdom first and you've become some, you've gotten on a path that is seeking the wealth or the success or the accolades of man, then let, let the conviction of the Holy Spirit come and lead you back. It is God's loving kindness that leads us to repentance. So learn how to crave the conviction that will keep you on the aligned path that takes you someplace you really want to be. Mark 8, 36 says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? And Proverbs 10.22 says that it's actually the Lord's blessing that makes a person rich. 
Hard work adds nothing to it. I love Proverbs, don't you? And then Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, ancestors as it is today. So remember that he's the one with the money, and he is over all of the kingdoms of the world. And if you need something, he will make sure you have it. Number four is trusting God to be the builder of your business. Psalm 127.1 says that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. What does, it, what does in vain mean? It means it's worthless. It's meaningless. It's a moot point. There's not even a reason to stand guard if the Lord's not watching over your city. It's not even a reason to pick up a hammer if the Lord's not part of like the builder of the house. And I, don't, I want to take you back to the, the word that's been translated carpenter as, as, a, about, as it refers to who Jesus was and what he did. That Greek word is actually tekton, T-E-K-T-O-N, and it refers to um, an architect. And this means that Jesus, he was able to architect the building of houses in where he lived, right? And the building of houses where he lived in the Middle East and in Israel, houses are not built out of trees and wood, because there's not as many trees, but there's a lot of rock and stone. And so it's really more the fact that Jesus was a stonemason and an architect. He is the master of creating a blueprint. He is the builder. And you'll look through all of scripture and see all of the references to rocks and stones and the church and building more than you will see the references to you know, building anything out of trees and wood. So if you even look today, like when I was in Israel, that all of the houses, I mean, they're all made out of stone. There's not, I don't, I can't even think of a house that I saw or a building that I saw that was built out of wood or sheet rock. <laughs> it's just, they don't withstand the sun and the weather that's there. So there's something completely different in the foundation of who he is when you see it that way. So do what you can to let the Lord build the foundation of your business and your coaching practice and your calling. Let him be the builder, the founder, and the strengthener of everything that you build so that it will not be shaken when things are shaking. Okay, number five is seek God for the, all of the wisdom that you need. Go read Proverbs 8 and 9, both chapters, and learn everything you can about wisdom and foolishness. They're literally my, probably my favorite chapters in the entire Bible because I love wisdom. It is my favorite color. It's my favorite flavor. It's my favorite texture. It's my favorite person. <laughs> I love, love wisdom. And you know what? 1 Corinthians one thirty says, God is united with you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him, Jesus, to be wisdom itself. Wisdom is Jesus. So when you love wisdom, you love Jesus. Like when I think of it that way and I think about how I love tangible wisdom, 
I'm like, oh, it's like running over to Jesus and hugging him. I, you know, I just love it. And I love God's wisdom. Um, James 3 uh, chapter three, it's verses 13 to 18 talks about two kinds of wisdom. So it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such quote wisdom, end quote, does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly unspiritual and demonic for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder and every evil practice but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure then peace loving considerate submissive full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness which one do you want in your in your business what do you want as an entrepreneur, the wisdom that does not come from heaven, it is bitter envy and selfish ambition, and it brings you disorder and evil practices, which is idolatry and among other things. So if you see in your business and in your soul that there is envy and selfish ambition, you will see the fruits of disorder and evil practices, right? You will see confusion. You will feel um, oppression you will experience bad fruit. There'll be lots of weeds in the garden, right? That overtake and they they will rob you of the harvest and righteous and the harvest of righteousness. But if you are pursuing heavenly wisdom, the man Jesus Christ in your business, then you're going to have purity, peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere wisdom leading you and guiding you and creating a firm foundation. So read the entire book of James often, quarterly at least. I highly recommend Proverbs 8 and 9 and the whole book of James because the book of James is what they consider uh, the, the book of Proverbs in the New Testament. So whereas the book of Proverbs is all about wisdom the book in the Old Testament, the book of James is all about wisdom in the New Testament. Go seek that out and build everything on this as your foundation. So to recap, number one, kingdom pursuit first. Number two, serve God as your boss rather than yourself or other people. Number three, watch over your soul around the issues of success, fame, and wealth and any kind of financial gain. Number four, trust God to be the builder of your business. Trust him to be your architect and your stonemason and build, you know, your tr- build your business on the rock. And number five, seek God only for the wisdom that you need. He will even give you direction about who else to go gain knowledge from, who else can lead you, who can mentor you, coach you, help you, support you, but go seek him first. All right, friend. I love this. This is like one of my favorite episodes so far. I just, I want to help you build a strong foundation in the Lord for everything he's called you to, because I know that you're called, you're qualified, he's, you're being equipped and he plans on releasing you. And I want to be in partnership with him about that. So remember all things are possible 
and I'll see you in the next episode. I so appreciate you as a listener. And if you're looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach? We'll learn more about the Greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.